0: Welcome to solo sailing with Trev White. Today, I'm going to talk about um, exploring the Vavau Island Group and Nafui, which is the main town. So we're basically anchored off the um, the Kraken Pub, literally 80 metres away on a mooring. Good location, pretty safe. Um, lots of boats around. Like it's a whole arc rally in town. So uh, every square inch is taken with a uh, with a boat uh, or a small ship or a super yacht, and the whole bay, quite a large bay, is um, is there must be a hundred boats in hundred yachts and super yachts. So the Kraken was pretty much the happening place to be. Luckily, it was my local, and um, we we're pretty close to town also. So it was a good location to provision, uh, get fuel go to the pub, get back from the pub, and um, also allowed the crew to you know, use a second you just to row in and row out. Yeah, it was pretty close. A lot of boats were sort of you know, travelling you know, probably almost half a mile to to go to the pub because they were anchored so far down. We just happened to fluke a mooring very close. So the um, I guess what we mainly focused on in the foul was um, just... Uh, provisioning chilling out going to the pub you know getting some um, you know just decent meals at the restaurant having a bit of a look around um, Justin and Pierre went uh, investigated uh, whale or swimming with the whales which is something they really wanted to do and very difficult to do for yacht um, when we were sailing up through the middle middle kingdom there up near pani uh, we had some whales with us but They weren't hanging around, these whales were on a mission. It's quite unsafe to, in my opinion, to um, try and swim off a yacht with whales that are not interested in you. And uh, in some places you go, the whales will hang around like Harvey Bay. If a whale gets interested in a boat, they'll hang around, you could hop in the water, go for a swim. But humpbacks are typically on a mission, they're going somewhere. So the people running the whale watching swimming, they tend to use smaller boats, more manoeuvrable, closer to the whales. Uh, Yachts are not terribly manoeuvrable, not terribly quick either. So whales often will outrun us um, quite readily. So yeah, they went off looking for that. Um, I was looking for gas and sorting out gas, LPG gas resupplies, checking out the veggie markets, seeing what uh, provisions we needed to take for the uh, next part of our trip. And um, yeah, just having some beers at the local pub, just chilling out some uh, Italian food, it's a nice little uh, place there, just chilling, reading a book and having a coffee in um, some of the cafes. Um, Yeah, it's a nice little town, pretty easy going. Also just doing some maintenance on the boat, you know, it's been sailing for a few weeks now, so I was catching up on maintenance. The one thing again which, you know, became a problem is water. So I needed to resupply water before heading off to um, Fiji. I, I... the way my water maker is it prefer, prefers to be in calm waters when i'm making water as opposed to sailing and the weather looked like it was going to be a bit lumpy so made it a bit more challenging for me to make water in um in rough conditions so the other thing i want to do is i also want to explore um some of the the Val group anchorages go diving and uh, and get away from the main town. Like the main town was just you know, so busy with people. So in the end, um, Justine and Pierre decided they wanted to stay um, in town. Go well, watch diving or swimming. And uh, Esther and I decided to go down to a anchorage about 10, 12 miles away. And we're um, going to you know make water top the tanks, do a bit of diving, exploring. Come back on Monday morning, pick up um, Pierre and uh, Justine, and um, and then we'd push on to Sabu Sabu in Fiji, which has now become a the destination. And there's also a bit of tension, you know, I think one of the things with having couples on boards, you know, they're a bit clicky. I mean, they're into each other because they live with each other. Oh, and I found this with couples on numerous occasions when um, you know you become your own little entity. Uh, I find it probably easier sometimes to sail with single people because, you know, they're just, you know, uh, all, all new to the scene, whereas couples, you know, couple up and, um, you know, they've got their own quirks and they think that, you know, the world should revolve around them. And that's how I, I find sailing with couples. So not all, but, you know, a few that I have sailed with. So, yeah, they um, they left the boat and went and found an Airbnb for uh, the weekend, and um, Esther and I sailed down to um, the southern part of the Vau Group, which is south of, well, we went around Copper Island, and we went back up to Mung Uwe, which is a beautiful little bay. It was, we had this, you know, really blustery 30-knot easterly coming in, which was, you know, terrible. Um, but once we got into this little bay, uh, it was, you know, Dead wind, yeah. Very high cliffs, probably 80-foot cliffs all around the bay, anchored in 10 metres of um, water. Water wasn't this wasn't great, but um, and the holding was a bit challenging, but it took about five times to get the anchor down and um, and get stuck. There's about four boats in there, so we had yeah, a bit of swim room between us. So, yeah, one of the, um, again, priorities was just to get the water maker running, and... Uh, I make about 100 litres an hour. So started making water, and because it was overcast and a bit crappy, it wasn't terribly warm, but I um, went off diving. And, uh, yeah, so Esther and I went exploring in the diggy and uh, went, you know, snorkeling around the whole bay area trying to find some decent coral. Um, and as that turns out, it was, it was a bit disappointing, like the coral had been impacted by something. Not quite sure what was going on, but the uh, but it wasn't great. And we'd seen some, you know, dive boys on the sail down in places where I, I couldn't take a yacht, it was just too exposed. But obviously there's some deeper walls where dive companies have been taking people diving and I think they're just diving on walls. So the corals and the conditions are probably better on those deeper walls, but the shallower um, areas where you can snorkel and free dive and spearfish. Yeah, they all, they all tend to be um, damaged maybe by the tsunami, but it uh, could be also by humanity. So, yeah, we just chilled out there for a couple of days, um, primarily just producing lots of water. Yeah, filled the tanks, filled up all the uh, spare bottles, uh, probably got about 500 litres all up. And then uh, Sunday night, we, uh, we up-anchored and motor sail back to to the main town. So, again, it's 10 10 nautical miles, about an hour and a half, two-hour trip. Conditions had improved, so it wasn't so bad going back, but it had been terrible coming down. And, um, yeah, we got in, um, went to the pub, sort of just anchored out from the pub, went to the pub, so I was just chatting to uh, people in the pub and found out there's this big-ass storm coming. So we weren't sure where we were going to leave on Monday, or give it a couple of days, but pretty much that evening went back to the boat, sat down with Esther, pulled out all the you know, laptops and uh, tablets, looking at different weather systems, or sorry, software, and established that it wasn't the best place to be in a big blow, and there looked like a 40 or 50-night storm coming across from uh, Fiji. It was going to hit pretty much straight into the island that we're at, and, and probably hit around the harbour, and I didn't want to be in a harbour where there was, like, 150 boats. Someone was going to drag and cause problems. Could have even been me. So um, I made a decision that we were going to leave Monday morning. We will pick up uh, Justine and Pierre, and um, we would uh, we would then uh, push on and uh, head to Savo Savo. So it's about 450 miles across to Savo Savo, you know, maybe... 400 or 350, depending on which way you went. But with the conditions that were coming across, I had made a plan to go to the north. I was going to go 200 miles to the north of the Rum line, across to Savasavu, which is a direct line. So I would go north, and the plan was basically to head up in the vicinity of uh, Wallace and Fortuna, which is a French island. There's two little islands. And, you know, potentially yeah, stop at one of those islands. So that was a thought. If the weather system was so bad, we'd just keep sailing north. We'd bounce into Wallace of tuna. We'd spend a few days up there exploring, and then we'd come down to service subur Not unreasonable. You know, it's a decent idea just to avoid a, a storm. And I'm used to sailing around storms. I, I'd rather be moving on the open ocean than hanging around in a harbour waiting to get beaten up. So we ended up yeah, talking to uh, some of my friends in the pub, and said, "Well, that's our plan. We are uh, made a decision. We're going to go." And uh, Esther was keen to go; like she was keen to learn about um, being a skipper, which is good. And you know, looked at all the navigation. I pointed out all the issues with the weather, with the anchorage that we're in, and it made sense to her that it was the right choice. Uh, I was going to leave anyway, but um, and I don't make like anybody. Go on a passage; they're not comfortable. Anybody can leave the boat at any time. So that position, that decision was made. We had plenty of provisions on board, and we um, enough water, fuel, and uh, early in the morning I went over, picked up Justine and Pierre. They were at uh, at the dock. Came back to the boat, gave them a heads up on the plan, which you yeah, know we were planning to leave anyway, and. Uh, and they'd been at the pub the night before or, or somewhere and been talking to some other people. They were scared of going out to sea in, in a storm and uh, we'd already been having a bit of tension. But I said, you know, this is my plan. Um, so I went across to the Customs Wharf, which wasn't terribly comfortable. It was a bit rolling. Managed to tie up alongside. It's got to be the worst Customs Wharf around. Um, terrible for small boats. Um, but we managed to get enough fenders out so we weren't getting damaged. <coughs> And as we were sorting all that out, Justine decided that uh, they weren't going to leave. They were going to stay in Tonga. So mutiny on Tintin didn't particularly worry me. Uh, I'm glad they did that before I sorted customs. So I had no problems. he started unloading their bags and um, grabbed everybody's passports, Pierre and Justine, and we went across to the customs ladies, playing the situation. These guys were going to stay. Oh, sorry, before that, I'd already... Uh, Sat down with Esther and said, Yeah, do you want to keep going, um, or do you want to stay?" Either way, I was leaving, so um, so yeah. But she was happy enough to uh, to sail on. She felt comfortable that the we made the right choice. So yeah, we went through the process of customs, and then there was a bit of rigmarole with um, getting extensions for uh, Justine and Pierre to stay there. They had to go and visit a couple other part- immigration to sort that out, and then we went back to the boat. Mid Avoy, and um, yeah, we uh, reversed off the wharf and started heading out to uh, heading out to sea. So that was the end of the uh, Pierre and Justine couple on the boat. So it was just uh, Esther and I at that stage. Um, the weather conditions weren't really that bad at the stage. We had probably maybe fifteen to twenty knots. Um, it was a little bit lumpy, but it wasn't too bad so we just motored down the channel you know, waved goodbye to um a few of our friends as we passed and um the uh and then you yeah, like probably about you know, three or four miles down and then you you know take a uh a turn to sarvard and you you're basically out in the open ocean so the plan was for us was just to uh, head to the northwest and a bit of a uh, dog leg around or across to savu savu and if the weather deteriorated, we were going to push up to uh, Wallace and Petuna. So one of the issues for me was my girlfriend was flying into Savo sabu in two weeks' time. And I wanted to be there. I wanted to sort out the boat. Esther was going to be leaving that boat and uh, heading back to New Zealand. So we sort of had to debate whether we'd go to Wallace and or um, We had enough time, but you know, not a huge amount of uh, time. And we decided to get to... Uh, suburb, suburb, you know, there was time to go exploring, do a bit of diving, have a look around. We continued on, and weather was pretty good the first day and a half. It was rolly, um, but it wasn't terribly blowy. And then it started to pick up, so we had a southeasterly blow coming through, and it built up to probably about 35 knots, maybe 40. But it was primarily, um, yeah coming from behind us, and... That was easy we just um pulled down the the main and the mizzen rigged up a the what do we have we have the uh, storm sail on one side off the end of the boom and a uh, a jib on a on a pole so um goose winged configuration so it was a little rolly for tintin, but um at the same time it was a very easy configuration very easy to manage you, know, you can keep rolling in the uh, jib if you need to shorten sail already have a storm jib up and uh, the w- autopilot was you know was doing it without any problems at all and we were averaging probably six or seven knots so apart from being rolling. And what was really interesting was Esther who had been terribly seasick on the trip from New Zealand, wasn't seasick at all. You know, it didn't take any seasick medication that I can recall. Yeah, was fine. Like, she was still not keen on cooking, but I don't think she was ever keen on cooking. So um, as long as I didn't put her down in the galley, she was really comfortable, looked good. Um, you know, was super interested in the navigation, so I pretty much put her in charge of um, navigation for the trip and uh, sail plans, sail configurations, and we really it's just like uh, okay. a exercise so that she would think about it and then we'd talk through it and and then make a decision and uh, maintaining the log books etc so it was good good exercise you know like uh, skipper 101 i think she's going to go and do a yacht master course or something to that effect uh so these are you know just good sea miles as well so we had yeah 450 miles to cover and we pretty much had you know Rough conditions most of the trip. At the end of the trip, like, well, we got got to I think within about eighty miles of uh, Fortuna, so um, pretty close up that way. And then that weather system passed, and it was you know, blowing its ass off below us. So if we had picked a rum line, we would have we would have been out in fifty or sixty knots um, coming from the other direction. You know, it would have been coming from the uh, the west. So we picked the right choice, in my opinion, and um, we weren't sitting around harbour hiding from a storm. We just picked. It. Picked a route where we could go around the storm and uh, continue on our um, on our journey. I think it was about three days to get across, um, and and then we just started heading down to the uh, southwest and making a course for um, a little island called Taviuni, And and by then the weather had pretty much blown out. We had like glorious weather. It was calm, ten knot breeze. You know, uh, we're just running the the Genoa. Uh, full main, and just cruising along. Yeah, we weren't, but it was really nice, and uh, it was light winds, so it was just easy sailing. So we just cruised down the um, the eastern side of Taviuni, and there wasn't too many um, dangers to worry about there. You know, you could go down there at night and not have to worry so much. No tides to consider, um, or at least not many. So we went sailed down there, We uh, we rounded up, Around the bottom of uh, Vuna Reef, probably at about you know, 1 in the morning or something like that. And um, a really cruisy sail, probably mo- more motor sail than sail, across to Savu um, Savu Bay. We, we got across to Point Passage, I think we were over there, at like about, oh, when were we there? Might have been about um, midday. I think we got there because we'd pretty much lost the wind by then, but it was like glorious. It was, you know, it was so flat you could have water skied out there. And, uh, you yeah, know, so that was just, you know, beautiful. Only downside was we were coming in on a Sunday and we were going to have to clear customs on a Sunday. But thoughts were we, were, we would just slow down a bit. And we'd get in, in the afternoon and then we'd clear customs on the Monday. So I didn't expect customs to um, to work on the Sunday afternoon. So, yeah, we, we just headed up into Sobe Sobe Township. We got up there at probably four in the afternoon. Um, just motoring up, picked up a, a mooring and uh, informed come in and uh, we would be waiting there till tomorrow morning for uh, customs. That was the mistake. I didn't expect customs to work and uh, two hours later customs turned up and what I didn't realise is customs will, pa- will pay incentives or weekend bonuses to work on the weekends so they're keen as to work on the weekends And uh, but it probably cost me $400 extra to clear in on the weekend than what it would have if I had cleared on the Monday. So, I would have been better off anchoring, not that you can do this legally, but uh, anchoring down near um, one of the resorts uh, or even just on the coast or even just motoring around in circles and coming in the following morning. And there's plenty of places you could have just dropped the pick outside of the Savasavi River. I wouldn't, I would never go into that river at night, like it's, uh, unless you've been doing it regularly. It, there's lots of little dangers, there's lots of boats in there, it's quite narrow in spots. So, yeah, I would, wouldn't come in there at night unless. You were very familiar with it. You had crew with spotlights. It's a good place to uh, also, you know, get into trouble. But coming in the day, very easy. But, yeah, so uh, we were sitting on the boat having a couple of beers. Uh, again, the weather was just spectacular. It was hot as hell, to be honest, after getting into um, into the anchorage. Probably the hottest it had been the whole whole time on this trip. And, uh, yeah, customs turned up and uh, proceeded to process the, um, our customs, requirements and I think we had five different people so we had immigration customs you know aquas or something to that there was health and health and hygiene yeah, there was a number of different people come on the boat and left the boat um, but you know five hundred fifty dollars later they'd cleared off and it was about seven or eight o'clock at night and the couple of beers I'd had had really made clearing customs the challenge so tip for myself is don't start drinking beer until at least eight o'clock at night, and you make sure customs are not going to turn up. So we, um yeah, after that, we were pretty much exhausted, just chilled out. And um, in the morning, I had to then go around and find all these people and pay the bills. So get some money and, um yeah, you've got to go to the hospital, which is a five Ks from the marina. You've got to go to the immigration. You've got to go to customs. You've got to basically walk around town finding all these um, buildings, which is not that hard. But when you've just arrived, it's a bit challenging. And getting to the hospital, you know, requires a cab. Um, yeah, it's a good, good five kilometres. I mean, I decided to walk because I I hadn't had a decent walk. That was a mistake. By the time I got there, I was uh, I was I was suffering, and ended up just catching a cab back. But uh, I think it was only yeah, you know, it's only fifty dollars or something. The health. Uh. But yeah, it was a Sofa Sofa is a great little spot. It's very popular with cruisers. There's um, two marinas and uh, sorry, there's two mooring fields. Three mooring fields and a marina. If you go in there now, there's like a world-class marina being built, and it has probably fifty, at least fifty berths. It's quite nice. Um, and then there's two uh, mooring fields with little uh, private um, jetties. And we chose the first one. And super friendly people, you know, really, really friendly. You know, keeping a good eye on your dinghy. I felt uh, I felt quite safe there. They keep an eye on the boats traveling around, like, make sure no one's interfering with your boat. And generally, you know, Fijians are super friendly people. You know, you get the odd uh, bad apple, but they're very, very rare. So the location we're at was pretty close to the pub. Uh, It was opposite um, another pub, um, and everything's within walking distance. So we weren't right in the middle of the town where some of the mooring fields are. We were sort of on the edge, which also meant that we got a better breeze, which I I thought was um, beneficial. And we weren't in the marina. So the marina, I, I don't like being mariners because... You're not, you're not orientating to the uh, wind when it comes through. You're just stuck in a marina and you don't really get a decent uh, breeze. It's okay if you've got a air conditioning. But my air conditioning had packed it in, so uh, I wanted to try and get as much breeze as I could through the boat. And all we really did was, um, you know, went and had breakfast the next morning and then had a look around town. Uh, Esther cut away and did her stuff for a while. I cut away and did my stuff, you know, went and had a few beers. Had a look around at um, spare parts places for little pieces, bits and pieces that I needed to get, and, um, and yeah, just decided to sort of chill there for about a week, waiting for my girlfriend to come in. And uh, Esther was looking at you know flights to get back to uh, New Zealand, or, or even jumping on another boat. So uh, in the end, she secured a berth um, on Little Fish, which was the boat we'd uh, been sailing with. And she'd sailed with them a few days later uh, after our arrival to um, down to Nusa, uh, which was good because they had a, you know they went down a, a different uh, route, explored a bit, had a few guys on board, you know, good fun, good bunch, and yeah, so they got to have a, a bit of a look around at different places, and I just got to focus on you know, doing some maintenance, setting up the boat, um, and just getting ready for uh, Rianne to arrive. Uh, it was a shame the uh, way the, it ended with the French couple, but you know that's that's sailing. You know, um, you have differences of opinion. You um, personalities on a boat become a little bit challenged at times because you're in such close confines. And I do find the whole, you know, it can be difficult. Like I, I've sailed with quite a few couples now and they all, you know, they're obviously a couple for a reason and um, they tend to become their own centre of gravity and everybody else around them has to try and work with them. But uh, the reality is when it's my boat, I'm a skipper, they have to work with me and uh, they don't always like it. They think they can you know push their own couples generally think they can push their own opinions and agendas and uh and that doesn't fly. So um we uh yeah, we parted ways and uh, I'm sure they're off exploring the world and maybe even doing some more But uh that was a trip from the Vava'u Group in Tonga across to Savu Savu and uh yeah, strongly recommend Savusavu. It's a great place and we'll talk a bit more about um Savusavu and Taveuni. Did lots of diving, so I'll um, talk about in the next podcast.